this person who's got this dream, but they also know deep down inside that the realization of that dreams means the end of what they perceive to be their purpose. You know, you adopt this identity and I call it an identity because it's not as easy to change an identity as it is to change your mind or your dress code or your environment. And I think what tends to happen, and it happened to me at the beginning of this reading when you were talking about, you know, my career and sitting back and I was like, my life has been about struggle. What do you mean sit back? What if I sit back and my whole life falls apart and I'm broke and I'm homeless and I threw it all away, you know, and that's really like, and you know, I'm, I'm facetious about it, but the truth is I've been living so long in the space of fear that I go back to where I was. Happy numbers, happy times. My name is Andrew Gabalich, numerologist and founder of Teledipity, the world's most loved numerology platform, numerology mobile application, numerology pocket life coach. You are listening to the Calculating Route show, where all I do, all we care about, is performing live numerology readings and having unstructured conversations with some of our platform's most interesting thinkers and thought leaders, incredible people from around the world who have something to say, something to teach us a unique perspective about the times we're going through, the changes we're navigating as a planet, the ways we can use them as opportunities, the things we need to do to reconnect with our purpose in this grander story, and finding joy hiding beneath the chaos. We don't do interviews in this show, we just dive into our guests' numerology charts, and then we just let serendipity take the conversation where it must. If you've been on our platform for a while, you know one thing, all we really care about is letting the universe take the wheel and surprises happy accidents. So that's exactly what this show is all about. I have no prepared questions. Our guests have no prepared pitches. They're not here to sell anything. They're here to talk about life and share with me everything they know about the future and every perspective we've been missing. If you're here with us today, well then you know what? Maybe the universe wants you to be a part of the serendipity too. Maybe there's something hiding inside our conversation just for you. I'm Andrew Gabalich and this is Calculating Route. You're not going to need my full name, hey? Like, this, my well, candidate name is fine. Okay. But I do need it because the full oh, name is, is kind of like the birth, the time okay. of birth in astrology. But I see I see that it's here. Oh, oh, there's a it? middle name here. It's there Nopu, is. Yes, Nopu that's Malala. the one. Okay. Nompumelelo, yes. I was going to type it in the chat. And 818. I knew there was a nine in there somewhere. I just <laughs> it was so obvious. Is it? Well, when, I... you're, when, you're, when your work is about forgiveness, yeah. the nine has to be there somewhere. How Especially funny would it be the... if there were no nines? Well, <laughs> I mean, and it's in the career sector of your chart. So. Really? That yeah. is so yeah. funny. I'm like, God, I'm, I hate it when I didn't choose my own path. <laughs> Well, you also have a lot of nine energy in general, so it's very easy to just, well, I can kind of like detect what, like, I mean, because there's a lot w with nines that are like fully themselves, there's a lot of similarities and you have almost all of them in common with my favorite nines. Yay! I'm like... <laughs> I want to say thank you, but I don't know if that's a good... No, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Gosh. This is so 
perfectly beautiful because the nine-year cycle that you're in, it started in 2018, and it is kind of like your first entry into this nine energy that is with you from age 27 all the way through age 53. It's kind of like your um, your mid-cycle, your cycle of maturity, working with this uh, vibration of forgiveness in the first level. And in the second and third levels is universal love and um, being of service to others. Not necessarily the service where you take yourself out of the equation, but really in, in just living, living in a life of activating change and blessings for the people around you. Um, notable people who lived under this vibration during their entire lives, for you it's just this middle section of your life. But examples of people who lived under this vibration throughout their entire lives are Gandhi and Mother Teresa, where you feel, where you, the, the thing that, that I find in common with the two is that they, they obviously had a very big mission and they obviously activated a lot of change and they, they were two incredibly successful people but their success is not has nothing to do with what we in the 20th, early 21st century associate with success. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about fame. It wasn't about anything other than making the world a better place through your work and thinking of the work above all things because you're already happy and you know exactly where you can be the most of service and you just go in and do it, making other people's lives better without even thinking about how that influences your own life or comes back to you because that's already kind of either taken care of or you just don't think about it because it's through that work that you actually get your happiness. So that's all you really need. Obviously, you always get get it back a thousandfold, but it's never under the vibration of the nine. It's never activated through a place of, um, I want this for myself. I have this dream. This is the kind of life I want to live. It's very focused on, here's a problem. I want to do something about it. I'm coming from a place of strength and I'm already happy let me just do whatever I can to make it better. Now, I don't think necessarily that it ha this entire cycle has to be about the concept of forgiveness for you. I think that's the launching pad. I don't even know that it is connected with the things you're talking about right now or the, the, um, the kind of work you're doing today. This is only the first four years of a cycle that lasts really 27 years. So it'll go through a lot of different stages, but you're already in it in the sense that this is the person that's going to do this work. Um, you're already seeing the fruits of being aligned with this energy and you're already activating this type of change, at least from a thematic level, if not from the kind of work that you're doing. So you're already there. You reach the place where this happens. It's just about allowing the story to unfold a year ago was when it began and it's a period of three years for you where it's more about celebration about 
letting the universe bring you things instead of having to activate them yourself. That was before. Right now, you you don't really have to do much. You don't really have to like, I mean, you'll get projects and you'll work on them. But in terms of the work that has to do with building a foundation for the future, that's not so necessary. So for the next two and a half years, so until June 2024, I think the most important thing I want you to remember is that you don't have to activate anything. You don't have to start anything. You don't have to push yourself to accomplish anything. Things will just be delivered. Your social life, your travel around the world and your um, creative expression, especially in your case, writing and public speaking is the focus to where the generation of income is not really a factor. It is, it's been activated and will continue to be handled by some other energy throughout that time period. Under this vibration, I'm not saying you are going to be ultra wealthy, but I'm also not saying there will be, that, that finances will be a factor. It's the kind of vibration that takes money out of the equation. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. It's not something that should be on your mind. It comes when it's needed for whatever it is that you're doing. And when it's not, it's not a problem. There's no lack. And that's just a very kind of like a place where the universe is saying financial matters, anything having to do with the material world is not really what's important. Don't even think about it. I'll take care of it for you. It's not going to be this way forever. There will be other times for building, for activating, for taking risks, whatever. Right now, it's more about your creative expression your finessing of your own message through the spoken and written word, your enjoyment of the present and all that you've already built and your connections with both current friends and future friends. Friendship is an energy that's extremely activated. It has been since mid 2021 and it will be until mid 2024. So over the next two and a half years, even if planetary wise, there's like an economic crisis or, or more complications, they're not going to be affecting you. They're not going to be a factor for you. Your focus should be your message. Everything you've just said has been so interesting and actually what I needed to hear because a big question I've been wondering is, am I needing to seek and build right now? Or am I supposed to just enjoy and be? And as soon as you started speaking, that's exactly when it happened for me. I think 27 and 28, I felt the most solid in terms of I was putting in the work, I was putting out my message and I was really solid in building a concrete foundation and reputation. And that's really around the time I got Vogue's Most Inspiring Women and I got United Nations Awards and all these kind of things. And last year, I remember saying to someone that last year was more the lucrative time of my career, like from mid last year, I'd say May last year, actually, um, where money just started to flow in for what I was doing. Whereas the previous years, I was like, 
when is money going to come? Like, I don't know. Am I working in vain? Like, am I going to die an impoverished poet, you know, on the side of the road, preaching my message? Uh, and, and 2019 was the year I actually released my book. So the end of 2019, I released my book. And so everything you're saying is actually very much in alignment with what my soul's been saying. My soul's been like, you need a rest. You need to calm down. Things are going to come to you. And I'm like, my whole life I had to fight, like Oprah would say. Um, and I'm like, should I? And now that you said it, I'm like, it is so incredible how in a line, you know, how in alignment the reading really is already. Jeez. Yeah, I think the core topics for me are always around, and you've already covered this one, but career and impact so as you said i mean that you know energy of wanting to spread this message of healing far and wide and i think mm -hmm. for me the other like spot for me that i think because i struggle so much with it because my career has been at the forefront is love mm -hmm. and those kind of connections so those are always the things i'm looking to engage with like love yeah. and career your early 20s had a big focus in kind of like being alone and independent and taking care of yourself and just uh, being self-sufficient without the help of anybody. So when you see those kinds of vibrations, obviously that means that being in a relationship where you rely a lot on somebody else for whatever it might be, whether it's emotional needs or spiritual needs or financial needs, it wouldn't have worked because the theme was rely on yourself take care of yourself don't don't look for these things outside and then right on like right when you turn 25 which is um mid 2016 it starts being all career all foundation building all activating your the the, the early stages of your life mission so it went for from independence and taking care of yourself and being alone to working on your future and kind of like activating that because it was important in your life story for that to come early. So it's not until age 29 that I see kind of like a, like a, like a truly romantic vibration on top of you, which is, and that, that was no pun intended. Um, but that <laughs> mid, mid 2020 to mid 2021, I see it for the first time. So I don't know who showed up before, but they, probably weren't or didn't feel as powerful as whoever showed up in that 2020, 2021 period. That changed mid last year when this kind of like living the present celebration time started. And as far as it goes for right now, you're in under a vibration that doesn't say no, but it doesn't say yes either in the sense that I think you'll have a lot of really awesome, memorable, romantic experiences starting last year and over the next two years. I just want to be clear, like I'm not saying nothing romantic will happen until then, but I'm also saying like it's still sort of not the priority, but at least not in a in a in a way where it's being blocked, just still in a way where it's not the priority priority. Does that make sense? So everything you said, I was like, yep, yep, that is it. You are on the money, Andrew, again. <laughs> and very interesting, like you said, like 
I'm meeting very interesting people. Um, I know a lot of them aren't for the long run. Ironically, I'm not like, you know, I see them and I'm like, you are not the one for me, but this is fun, <laughs> you know? Um, but I do get that theme going on in my life currently of distance and also a part of me feeling as much as I do want love as all of us do, I'm sure. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is always being like, I still don't feel like I'm where I should be with my career. I still don't feel like I'm where I should be with everything I'm expressing in the world. So that's a part of yeah. me that's always working at the back of my mind. But isn't that, I think, because I was just having this conversation with somebody I gave a reading to last week. And I was just so impressed with her because she's our age. And she was so clear from a complete like because you can tell um or at least maybe we can but it's it's just really obvious when somebody says i don't want to find somebody and it's coming from um i don't want to say dishonest place but it's coming from a place where like you can tell that the need is there but it's being covered up with like i don't really care like i don't want to find it like you can tell that it's just like covering up a real desire rather than it being honest she was honest and she said i don't subscribe to these expectations i actually love myself and i know i'm never going to be married i know i'm not looking for anything long term i know that for me relationships are for the moment and whatever else but in reality like i just i don't want to have kids my career is very important and i get my emotional needs from the the great variety of friends that i have so i don't really i don't I'm completely indifferent about my love life and I actually know that it's that that expectation is not what I'm here to live in the world and it was so honest and I was just like oh, I'm not there <laughs> cuz I've also been kind of like I mean I've had relationships but I've also been kind of like chronically single my entire adult life and not that I feel the societal pressure but I do want this experience in my life. So I could never say, I don't care if I'm single forever. That wouldn't be honest for me to say, but I was impressed in seeing somebody that was saying it honestly. And I was wondering like, should I try to get myself to that point or not? Because it, like, I'm not there. I like, I, I'm not, if there's something I know how to like, enjoy it's being single like i i do it so well i could do it for another five years with zero issues but i do want that experience and i do want to meet somebody and i'm not gonna say i don't because it's not true so i was just fascinated with her and i wonder what your opinion is about that wow i think firstly like wow um, I love that because I think it is so incredible if you can get to that place and you genuinely know that it's not what you want. And But I'm also a believer that, you know, so much of life's magic, I mean, says I and, like you know, is into the esoteric and loves to know. But so much of it is in the magic of not knowing, at least for me, yeah. Um, yeah. where romantic connection will go, right? I think there's so much just activation in our souls that happens when we meet someone that we find intriguing and interesting. And I've found that in my personal life, my romantic relationships have been the mirrors that have triggered me to healing. So in a lot of ways, they'll trigger something. So that's not so fun. <laughs> which, I mean, it's awful. 
I'm saying it like it's just skip, you know, skipping through the dandelion fields. No, 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 no. It's absolutely awful. Um, but, but even in it being awful, I realized that my friends don't trigger me. The world outside of me doesn't tend to trigger me, but romantic relationships do. And so for me, what I tend to look at is no matter how brief an encounter is, I tend to attract very intense relationships or very like, you know, um, crazy relationships. And the reason is it highlights a part of me that I thought I'd healed that is still active. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoy that aspect of it, like after I'm out of it. Um, but I do have to say that I've always had a longing. So I've always had a longing for as long as I like had conscious memory that I wanted to be married. That I like it, as much as she had that, you know, distinction that I never want to get married. I never want to have kids. I had the opposite. I was like, I always wanted to be married and I always wanted to have kids. And so for me to say, like, I enjoy singlehood. Yes, I love being single. I love being able to engage in my life fully and not answer to anyone. But at the same time, if someone did come into my life, I wouldn't be like, I'm choosing singlehood. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I, I'm where you are. And yet there's a part of me that not as a, like, I don't intend to lose the desire. That's not going to happen. But I would like to, because I've done it in other areas of my life, like for example, with my career or with other parts of my life that I wanted to change that weren't exactly changing like I wanted them to. I want to get to a place of indifference, not where I don't care about any outcome, but where like, I know I know my life is going to be awesome regardless. So I'm not attached to that story. I've been able to do it in other parts of my life, not with like my romantic aspirations though. And I went, I was reflecting after that reading is like, maybe like, maybe I should try not because I like, I'm not trying to actually stop wanting it, but I want to stop caring. And I want to experience that because I feel like, I don't want to call it the solution. I feel like that's a better place to be than where I am right now, regardless mm. of the outcome. Mm. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And I know exactly the feeling you're talking about, you know, because I've been in that feeling so often. And I think for me, what I had to realize is it wasn't so much detaching from being in a relationship or from wanting to be on one, but it was more so detaching from someone else's behavior towards me or what I expect yeah. others to do. Cause I realized that in my life, because I came from this abusive, neglected and abandoned environment, uh, I grew up as this abandoned, neglected, abused child. And I became a woman and I still carried this child within me. And what I had to realize, and I, I was actually unpacking this in therapy today. I said to my therapist, I'm like, I'm no longer living as that version of myself. I fought to get out. I fought in order to be able to share authentically of myself. And what relationships would do for me is they trigger that part of me that was abused, neglected. And I'd feel like if this one individual that I met like two weeks ago would love me and accept me and see me, then that meant that I was worth being seen. So I think for me, what I had to decide was, am I constantly going to put that on someone else to give me, or am I gonna give that to myself? And I think when I made that realization and I chose that I was gonna give it to myself, 
all of a sudden the relationships or romantic encounters I was in no longer measured up because I was no longer trying to win them over. I was no longer trying to date my most difficult parents. I was no longer trying to impress them. I felt as though I was good enough on my own. So I think for me, I mean, I'm newly living in this energy, but I already feel lighter adopting it as opposed to what I was prior, which is like, you know, you hang out with someone for like two weeks or a month or whatever. You're like, why aren't they texting me back? Why are they posting on Instagram? Why is this happening? You know, and instead it's like, no, actually, if they don't realize that I'm amazing, then that's their loss. It's not mine. You know, so it's yeah. almost like it's a paradigm shift. I actually put myself on an exercise where I was like, I want to actually speak to all these guys that I've interacted with or had romantic encounters with. And I want to ask them straight out, like the questions I couldn't and didn't have the language for at the time I was seeing them. And I chose four of them and three of them decided that they were going to answer. And I said, listen, like, you know, no intent. I just want to grow as a person. And I want to know like what I did, what you were feeling, how I read this situation, because I know that people can experience the same situation and have completely different experiences. And it's so interesting because two out of the three guys, I had so misread them. Like what I thought they were feeling and thinking and doing all this time was so different to what they were actually thinking, feeling, and doing. And I made these huge assumptions. Like, I was like, he doesn't care. He doesn't like me. He's this, he's that. And then they were like, I liked you, but you're a lot. Like, there's a lot that comes with being with you. There's a lot that comes. And I just was not willing to engage in that. And they were like, it's not about you. It was just me feeling like I didn't want to have to like, you know, do more in my life and you were doing more. And it put just this pressure on me to be a quote unquote better person. And well, that's not somebody you want to date anyway. Exactly. And I was like, if yeah. you had told me that, that would have been ideal for me because yeah. I would have left a long time ago. <laughs> and they're like, exactly. That's why I didn't tell you. But, <laughs> but, but it's so interesting because what we are looking at people doing, and there's this book um, and movie, he's just not that into you. And it cuts everything black and white, right? Like he does this and he does that, or she does this and she does that. It just means point blank this. And the truth is there's so many intricacies and in things, you know, they've been people I didn't want to see, not because they weren't putting in the effort, not because of anything. I just didn't feel I was in the right place to accommodate them and what they required out of me in a relationship. I had like free time to give them. They required full time. And I didn't tell them. I wasn't like sitting there like, hey, Jerry, you seem like you're looking for a full-time girlfriend and all I can give you is like one day a week, you know? All I did was just left. And so there's so many intricacies of being a human being and you never know. You just make these assumptions in your mind about why people oh, yeah. leave. It's great that you figured that out. But even if you hadn't, even if you hadn't gotten those answers, I think in general, you want to be with people who communicate that and not like not let you figure out what the mystery is so if there's a mystery that you can't solve and it's not there's no direct conversations about what's going on then that's as clear of a sign as you need like why even dig any any further no oh yes the mystery is the answer that's been my motto yeah. like the if someone yeah. has to make you think and need tarot cards or readings or sinistry charts or whatever it is, then they're just not for you. 
because the person who is right for you or even right at that moment, whatever that means for you, is not going to keep you in your head. And I think for me, uh, we were talking about law of attraction. I think I had a tendency to draw in emotionally unavailable men because I think deep down I was emotionally unavailable. So it allowed me the freedom of feeling as though I'm available and I'm in this and I'm trying and I'm doing when deep down I always knew that I didn't have the capacity to show up for a relationship. And so I think it's only been the past maybe year, year and a half where I've been able to be like, oh, I'm actually available to be pursued. You know, so sometimes when we're drawing in something, it's because it's what we are. And it allows you to still have that false connection without having to form a real connection. That's scary. That's really scary. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Human journey, been, Andrew. Yeah. Human journey. Well, now that I'm in Portugal, my way of like training my Portuguese is to read Portuguese books in Portuguese. And I had been in the mood for years to reread The Alchemist because I, I mean, I read it like 10 years ago, never touched it again. And for some reason, I like kept calling me because I kept hearing people talk about it. I was like, okay. So I bought it in Portuguese and I'm like reading and listening to it in Portuguese. And there, like there's a part of the book that is just like echoing in my head right now where he like, I don't know if you've read the book, yeah, I love but it. like when he's like, when he's like in, uh, in this crystal store and the guy who wants to go to Mecca is always talking about all the reasons why like he wants to but he's not going to and then the the book just goes into the analysis of how common it is to be afraid of your dreams coming true because what are you gonna do after when your entire identity has become like struggling for the dream to get yourself to a better place or to continuously like improve, improve, improve so that one day you can have all these things. And that's just your normal. You think it's easy to let go of that? No. <laughs> and the book was just like very clear on that. And you know, when you're getting a message that is like the universe trying to get through to you and you, I was just like, oh God. <laughs> Oh my God. Right <laughs> yes. You probably are because the universe is yeah. telling you. And that's yeah. one of my favorite, yeah. favorite books. Like The Alchemist is one of my favorite books. And you'll never believe it, Andrew. That's actually one of the stories I quote the most about the crystal merchant really? and going to Mecca. Really? Yes. Yes. And Interesting. it's always about, you know, this person who's got this dream but they also know deep down inside that the realization of that dreams means the end of what they perceive to be their purpose. And I think so many of us live in that illusion, like you were saying of, you know, you adopt this identity and I call it an identity because it's not as easy to change an identity as it is to change your mind or your dress code or your environment. And I think what tends to happen and it happened to me at the beginning of this reading when you were talking about you know my career and sitting back and I was like 
my life has been about struggle. What do you mean sit back? What if I sit back and my whole life falls apart <laughs> and I'm broke and I'm homeless and I threw it all away, you know, and that's really like, and you know, I'm, I'm facetious about it, but the truth is I've been living so long in the space of fear that I would go back to where I was that in many ways, it's this identity I've adopted of like, hey, I've got to struggle for everything I have. And guess what? That identity doesn't stop in career alone. It goes into relationships. It goes into friendships. It goes into every part of your life. And sometimes you've got to stop and breathe and say, what identity am I holding on to? Because deep down, I know that by releasing it, I'm going to get to the next level. And some parts of us want to sabotage us because we're like, am I ready? Am I Is it really that easy though? No. Just saying that. No. <laughs> Just saying that and then, no. and then you're done with the fear. I wish. I, I like, wish. I feel like that I feel like it involves a, f a few more steps that you're not mentioning. You know what those <laughs> steps are, and I'm gonna give them to you. Yeah. Those steps are like, they're going to sound so simple, but it is the most difficult thing. Number one, it's surrendering. One, like, ooh, surrendering has been a struggle for me, but it's surrendering. Number two is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. You know, and I think that's the only way it becomes more comfortable for you is being like, and acknowledging it to yourself and being like, I am petrified. I am petrified to take this jump. I'm petrified to take this leap. I'm so scared I'm jumping into the darkness. But the truth is, that's the only place you can go. And you can either say, I'm gonna hold myself hostage, or I'm gonna feel this and jump ahead anyway. You know, because either way, you're gonna feel regret. You're gonna either feel the regret of standing there and never taking that decision, right? Yeah. Oh no, I'm jumping. Jump. You think I'm going back? You no think I'm going place. back? There's like, I like, in all honesty, I may like be perfectly aware of the fear and all that stuff, but I know myself enough that I'm not turning around. Um, that's not happening. Um, I just like, like, on the edge of the cliff, there's no part of me that's even thinking about turning around. But also there's no part of me jumping either. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> but you know what I love about that? What I love about that is that at the end of the day, you can choose to stand, but the yeah. universe will always push. You know, you just yeah. have to be close enough to the edge for it to push you. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are so busy trying to walk backwards up the terrain that was difficult and treacherous and almost killed them that they don't even get close enough to the edge to just stand. And sometimes, Andrew, that's all you can do. You don't have the strength. You don't have the, you just like, I'm just going to stand here and wait. And sometimes that's all you need to do because the universe is just going to be like, boop, and you're over the cliff, you know, because that's why I always go back to biblical scripture, um, mostly as a historic text, more than like, you know, a principle and foundation. And it's always interesting to me that one of the scriptures says, all I ask is that you have the faith of a mustard seed. It didn't say the faith of a mountain, the faith of an elephant, the great bear, whatever. A mustard seed, which is like almost microscopic if you hold one mustard seed. And sometimes that's all we need. That one little quiet voice that says, we can do this. Even if the, all the others are loud, just one that says, 
we're going to be fine. We can do this, you know. How do you visualize? I know, like, even aligned with how I mentioned the purpose of the next couple years in your life and the present as not even worrying about it. But how do you envision, I don't want to say pivoting, but like going a step further from the, your message today to like, because I know you've mentioned it to me before, it's more than forgiveness. Forgiveness was just base camp. Um, how do you envision your role after, after spreading a message, after the writing and the speaking and the books, where does it go next? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think I've always envisioned the next more than I've envisioned the current, if that makes sense. So I never saw yeah. myself here, but I saw myself after here. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, this was always like a very interesting juncture that I didn't anticipate going like down, but it makes a lot of sense because I always wanted people's stories to be told. And I think for me, the next level has always been the level where I wanted to be, which is taking the messages of people and putting it to a wide audience. So whether that's in a director role or a producer role, but really telling stories that people want to watch and see um, in a big scale, on a big scale. Um, and I think for me, that has always been media and entertainment and really spreading important messages through entertainment. I've always thought, you know, it, it's no mistake that the media was initially designed for propaganda. And I think when we can take that and we can utilize it for positive propaganda and for people's healing and show people through their favorite characters, you know, movies, whatever it may be, that, hey, you've always had the power, then to me, that's where I see like the next level of my career being. By the way, like, this is exactly what Teledipity's been telling you for the last I know. four months, right? It's the same, th the same story. <laughs> it's the same story. The and they're like, I hate oh, the consistency God. of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for discrepancies. I'm like, but I, I understand <laughs> if you're a person, if you're a person who is secure in routines and stability, how nerve wracking that might be received. Because I love chaos, so I'm just like, like that's that's my comfort zone. If that's if chaos is not your comfort zone, it's going to be okay. But the rest of the year is chaos. Period. Yeah. Just know it. Um. It's okay. It's good. It's all. It's yeah. All in alignment with the next stage in your life mission that is ready to be activated. And you do not want to be in the universe where you don't embrace that chaos. But it's okay if it's not fun for you every single day. Um, okay. Just I love that. No, I think, you know, I, I function in chaos and I do like, so I'm a Sagittarius moon and it happens in my 12th house. And so the last time an eclipse happened on my moon, 
I literally shut down my whole life and moved cities. Like I was just like, fuck this, I'm out. Like I'm done. Like literally there was no, even I, I surprised myself. I was like, what am I doing? Like, where am I going? And I moved to Cape Town and now again, I'm feeling a very similar energy that's kind of building up in my soul because before I did it, I knew I was feeling it. I just didn't express it. Whereas now I know <clears throat> the feeling and the sensation and I'm like, well, God damn it. I just established a good life here, <laughs> but I guess we're packing it up, Bob. <laughs> Bring the team. <laughs> Bring the team. <laughs> yeah. The end result can take a million different forms. Like, doesn't it actually mean you're leaving Cape Town? Like, you could be, like, dislodged traveling the world the rest of the year and then you end up back in Cape Town next year that's a possibility too at least in terms of what I see in numerology maybe the astrologer thinks differently of that um, but it's also very possible that you move permanently that's also like it's just chaos yeah. and the, the, the when you come back to stability which I can give you the date right now if it makes you feel more comfortable <laughs> please is <laughs> January 2023 so right at the beginning of next year okay and next year will be immensely stable immensely predictable in a good way it will be all the safety and comfort and security <laughs> that that was lacking in in 2022 you'll get like and mo most likely like even though you're still in three vibrations so what I said earlier still applies. Like most likely there is, uh, with that stability, some form of new romantic relationship happening. Uh, it's very possible for you next year and very possible that it's somebody you meet through all the chaos and movement of this year. It's still what I said where like, yeah, if it's, if it's for the long term, it'll be slow to evolve, but very possible begins. So like, Anyway, the second half of the year is you going out into the world to collect the ingredients of your new stability that will begin in January. Okay. And there's a lot of ingredients scattered around the globe and you need to just go pick them up all over the place. And yes, it is possible your new stability is not in Cape Town. I'm okay um, with that, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not attached necessarily yeah. to this or to my life here. I think... It just took me a second because I've been feeling like, yeah. you know, you've been writing it as well. I've been feeling so uneasy for so long that I think I'm ready to either just immerse into the chaos or like, but I can't, like, it feels like right now it's still very much like, you know, like when you're standing at the edge and you're getting closer to that line yeah. and they're like, you yeah. know, it's going to be your turn to bungee jump <laughs> and you're like, it's scarier yeah. waiting than it is actually just yeah. jumping, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm ready to jump. What I can't yeah. do is keep seeing someone yeah. else jump because I'm dying here. <laughs> it's those it's those first few bumps of turbulence that are just like... Yeah. And you're like, the, the, the pilot hasn't announced that you have to stay in your seat yet, but you know it's coming. Yeah, you're like, you know, <laughs> And it's you like, already start preparing. You're like, okay, I know what this is. You're yep, just like, yep. hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is.
Candice. Where can people follow you? Where can people <laughs> connect more with you? You can find me as Candice Mama, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, Mama, M-A-M-A, across all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Yep, I think I've covered them all. <laughs> and you'll be giving a... I'm not going to be using the word webinar, but I'm too exhausted to figure out what my own word is yet. Okay. So you'll be giving a webinar very soon. And I'll add information about that right now. Hi, my name is Candice Mama. I was voted one of Vogue Paris's most inspiring women in the world. And I'm also the author of a book called Forgiveness Redefined. I have Thank been with Serendipity for about two years now, and I absolutely love it. I know if you're listening to this, you know how incredibly accurate the forecasts are. And I recommend the app to all of my friends. My talk is going to be focused on functioning in chaos. And trust me, there's no better vibrational year to speak about functioning in chaos as the five vibrational year which i happen to be in i so look forward to seeing you all there andrew this has been amazing thank you so much thank you